0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Pride to Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and meat sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, and each stick has eight grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced, all natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's promo code POD15 at RighteousFelon.com. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit PODcast, prideofdetroit.com, at Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us, you know where to get us, you know where to get everything as we come to you live on twitch.tv slash Detroit. even though I'm like, I'm where I'm currently adjusting everything because apparently in spite of the fact that I am like looking directly into the camera, I'm like looking away from the camera. This needs to be figured out very quickly, but um, we'll leave the technical things the side we've got a lot to talk about for the detroit lions on this show on this show we have to talk about the schedule r- release me and jeremy reacted to it a bit on thursday night but we also like to play superlatives every year and we're going to break down the schedule that way and we've got notes and observations and hype from rookie minicamp to talk about I am Chris Fett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett on Twitter, the man who sits around waiting for this day every week, ready to go because I like doing this. I like podcasting, podcast, 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 podcast. Joining me as always, Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at Detroit Online, who is uh, his work can only be found on Pride of Detroit. <coughs> even though you might see it maybe somewhere else, who knows? It's, it's only Pride of
2: Detroit. Sure. Why not? And yeah, I am I'm, a, I'm excited, art, though. Yeah, you're we actually we still have things to talk about and we will for basically another month with uh, OTAs starting next week. But yeah, got to do rookie minicamp on, on Saturday and uh, we'll, we'll talk uh, a lot about that up top and, and some of the things I saw and some of the things that uh, we might be seeing in September.
1: That's right. Uh, you got me mad before this, the stream with this announcement. The NFL wants to put a playoff game on Peacock, though, so. Trying to get myself back into the mood. But to help me with that, the third man, the man, Ryan Matthews, senior editor. Add Ryan underscore POD. How's it going, Ryan?
0: I'm here to help you get in the mood. Is that what I heard? I didn't mean it like that. (laughs) You guys should know like that either. I was just asking. I
1: I know. Like what you should know when I say things, just not to listen to it all the time. (laughs) Okay.
0: all right. Perfect.
1: Someone clip that. <laughs> Do not trust me. Do not rely on me. Do not listen to anything I have to say. The unreliable narrator. <laughs> the unreliable narrator, the adequate host, and the man who's going to get this podcast started. So let's start with rookie minicamp. Jeremy just teased that we have so many notes to talk about. I want to start with a little bit of the hype because I don't think we really talked about him much during the draft even, Jeremy. Yeah because he just got lost on that shuffle on day two where all the great players were coming, Brian Branch, Hendon Hooker. And maybe it's the, it's the reluctance of Lions fans to grasp on to another tight end. But you have here, let me, let me read this verbatim from the show notes. Uh, Sam Laporta more like damn Lamore of that. First off, terrible three out of 10,
0: but we'll we'll roll with it. For the record, not my work. Was that you, Ryan? It was me. So oh, one. It's okay. It's okay. All right, I'm I blaming tried. you. I'm I'm blaming you. Then <laughs> I thought that's where we workshop stuff. <laughs> kind of like rookie minicamp. It's where they're it is. like workshop rookies. It's also, you know,
1: yeah. It's also like rookie minicamp where we kind of haze you.
0: That's fair. I can take it.
1: <laughs> but Laporta, Jeremy, Laporta, yeah. Jeremy, Ryan. Like I was reading some of the notes coming out of there. I'm like, okay, this is the one who's who's really balling out.
2: Yeah. Listen, I, I think I said it a couple times on this podcast, the more and more I dug into this guy's tape, the more and more excited I got about him. And that did not slow down at all with rookie minicamp. The guy was catching passes all over the place. And, um, granted he's going, like, we always have to remind ourselves when, when we're talking rookie minicamp, they're mostly going up against undrafted guys, right? There's, there's about 50 guys out there. Eight of them were drafted. And when we went on Saturday, only five of them were drafted because three of them were on the sidelines. So, um, Throwing that disclaimer out first, but Laporta was, I mean, they didn't have an answer for him. He was open like seven 11, right? Like always open. Didn't matter what kind of route he was running. The one thing I will say that I was interested in and maybe slightly disappointed with it was, it didn't seem like their use of him was that varied. Like Sam Laporta is kind of being built as this guy. You, he can be an outside receiver. He can be in the backfield. He can be in line. He can be in the slot, mostly just in line and, and a little bit in the slot for him, which is fine rookie minicamp you're probably not going to overwhelm the dude um so maybe not surprising but maybe a little bit disappointed but either way like he was shifty the the athleticism to me was what really stuck out and and it's something that we've all built him like his ras score is ridiculous he's super fast when he's out there he's making dbs miss um in in college when you know normally uh they they match up favorably against linebackers um so yeah Definitely the most impressive guy at at, at rookie minicamp. And uh, I look forward to seeing how he matches up against some, some vets next week during OTAs.
0: I, I thought the thing that you said at the top, Jeremy, not, not specifically about Laporta, but like how to like temper expectations when it comes to rookie minicamp. Remember the conversations we were having about James Houston after rookie minicamp. <laughs> yeah. uh, he doesn't get it. Like Malcolm Rodriguez is the one who is like catching on like so quick to, you know, do this, that, and, the other thing. And then look where we are by the end of the year. So um, yeah. rookie minicamp's fun though. Right. Cause it's like, you have all these shiny new toys and right. you want to see them out on the field. And it's awesome that Laporta could do it. The one thing that I took away from Laporta was maybe the same thing that Nick Baumgardner took away. And it was, he was doing it without gloves and then also doing it with gloves. And like, <laughs> I just love the idea of the throwback tight end who like, just has like <laughs> tape wrists <laughs> and like maybe some <laughs> finger tape. But like, I, I love it. I mean, that that's that's one of the more exciting picks. I think that the Lions made and one that, as as Chris mentioned, kind of flew under the radar a little bit, like or maybe not flew under the radar, but kind of got lost in the shuffle. And it was, I, I mean, it's a crazy weekend. Right.
2: So like, yeah, yeah. of all the crazy storylines of them taking a tight end in round two is just like, oh, yeah. 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 He was the
1: first one off the list. And we're just kind of like, oh, whatever. And then Brian Branch. Wow. That's great. had and hooker. Wow. OK. More on Hinden and hooker in a second. But thing I like from LaPorta is you did mention it's a lot of undrafted guys are going up against, but LaPorta didn't mind also going up against Jack Campbell. Yeah. And those two are, uh, it was, it was, I mean, granted it was mostly, I think was it a special teams drill, Jeremy, if I'm yes. not mistaken. So like LaPorta beat Campbell at least on one rep, but they are, uh, they're already competing pretty hard out there. And, uh, what was it? LaPorta did the dead leg move. I think yeah. I remember from Eric's notes and, uh, yeah, no, this this will be, be fun. This will be fun. This yeah. is kind of fun to watch these two kind of
2: sharpen iron on each other. You, you I mean, you could definitely tell those two have practiced plenty of times together. And, and and really one of the cool things about Laporta, too, is he's also like a very friendly guy. I, I suggest if you haven't mm-hmm. already, go back and watch the, the media session with him. Our first kind of not our first media session, but our first one coming off the, the field and stuff. And he was very playful and, and so I mean he, he flashed too. Like it wasn't just dead legging uh Jack Campbell. It was as he ran by him waving back at him, uh, which is just like, oh, you, you got some like yeah,
1: these guys probably doesn't do that against a
2: vet. Um, probably just does that against your your college buddy, but um very fun guy. I do want to talk about Jack Campbell really quickly because uh Ryan brought up um James Houston and it it, it kind of brought back flashbacks to that previous rookie minicamp, watching James Houston, watching Malcolm Rodriguez. Malcolm Rodriguez basically did everything right. We didn't see Kelvin Shepard talk to him at all. James Houston had Kelvin Shepard in his ear the entire time. I was a little surprised though. Jack Campbell kind of had Kelvin Shepard's ear as well. Like Shepard was, was, and I don't necessarily think this is, you know, Jack Campbell isn't getting it. Jack Campbell's needs a ton of development. I think it's more like Kelvin Shepard, wants his hands on this guy because he is that important to what they're going to do. And so, I mean, yeah, he did make some mistakes here and there. He did get burned by a couple times by Sam LaPorta on the special teams drill, which is why, which is also, I should say very much developed for the guy with the football in his hands to win. It's a, it's basically a one-on-one. They do it all the time in training camp, but one-on-one running right. at each other, try to quote unquote tackle. There's obviously no context. So they're not actually attacking. It's more like two in touch, but open. I mean, open field, Jack Campbell versus, or i'm sorry, sam laporta versus anybody sam laporta is going to win that a lot of times that's fair yeah
1: yeah uh let's all right hold up a second we're gonna throw in we're, we're gonna hit the button right now <laughs> we're gonna go talking hooker
2: here we are talking hooker it's friday detroit pod cast back up QB talk here we are talking hooker he's drafted round three pick 68 is he the future just a stopgap here we are talking hooker golf's here and he's throwing he's throwing don't know about the future here we are talking hooker it's Jeremy's favorite topic what does this mean for our guy Jerry golf here we are talking hooker
1: we really need to find a way to put that on the stream itself, uh, just because I feel like people deserve that.
2: I I'll I'll get a button on my stream deck so that
1: yeah. we fire it up. <laughs> Somehow Hooker didn't even practice that much
2: here, Jeremy, and yet already he's still taking headlines. I I really didn't want to do it, Chris, because I, I know the reputation that some of us at Pride of Detroit have with Jared Goff and Hendon Hooker and all that sort of stuff, but I I mean he looked like he was the guy that was quarterbacking all practice, even though he wasn't like, he couldn't practice. He's Expl- not explain anything.
1: that. What What does that mean though? Like, what he, does that mean that it looks like he's the quarterback, but he's not even on the field. I mean, he, he just, he takes command of everything. He's,
2: he's dapping up. everybody. He's going around being involved in it. Like every huddle, every like he's there. He's, he's making sure guys walking off who make a play slaps him on the helmet. Like, he's that guy that he he has that innate ability, And that's one of the first things Brad Holmes said he noticed about him is like, after he scored a touchdown, he didn't go back and talk to the offensive coordinator. He didn't go sit down and grab a Gatorade. He stood, stood there and waited for the extra point team to come off the board, off the field and, and tap them up. And so just that command is like, it, it's striking. Like I'm not, I don't, I, would, I don't want to say like Jared Goff doesn't necessarily have that gene in him, but it, at the same time, it's, it's different. Like, he's, he's almost a a cheerleader out there and maybe because you're not doing any other work, it it affords you that opportunity to do some of that stuff. But I mean, you you can see why he was so well liked at Tennessee. You can see why the lions fell in love with him so much. I think he's just, I think he's going to be someone who is a a leader in that locker room, whether he's a starter or not. So um, it's, it's just interesting to see a guy stand out so much when he's not practicing.
0: And probably stand out too. Right. For, for all the right reasons. Yeah. That's a good thing. He's right? doing everything I,
2: he should be right now.
0: Yeah. Especially when we were coming off, you know, the draft last year and it was J Mo's expression you know, things that were being over scrutinized and, and, and whatnot. It's, it's nice to have somebody here who's showing that they're pretty exuberant and, and jacked up about, about being here. So that's good news too. Yeah. Which
1: I mean, again, I feel like we dug too much into the JMO thing, but I think for someone who wants to prove you want to be the leader of this team at some point in your career, if if you want a gun for that job, it helps to at least, you know, I hate to make this about, you know, being at work or whatever, but it is all about like knowing your team and having that hand in the pie. That's what we see from all the really great quarterbacks from the past. It's always about knowing your whole team and having close relationships with everyone.
2: And, and the, the last thing I'll say on Hooker is he told a story about his draft night, which I thought was really interesting and, and also a very encouraging sign is that um, James Mitchell reached out to him right after he drafted the two played at Virginia tech for a while. Hmm. Um, and he just sent him his congratulations. And Hendon was like, send me the formations, send me the offensive formations. He wants and, to go. He wants to and go. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Mitchell was like, Oh, I'm, I'm out on a boat or something. I, I can't do that right now. So he, Mitchell hurries back two hours later, sends him all the formations and hookers like that's what I needed. Like I everything stems from the formation, the scheme, the players that I'm expected to be aware, like all that stuff. He needed that stuff that night so he can get going and uh, you, you love you love to hear it on the night he's drafted. Yeah. Kind of bummed that
0: he didn't like chastise James Mitchell for not knowing it all the top of his head. He like, who Who cares? Who cares if you're on a boat? Describe <laughs> it to me. I'll I'll draw it. I got I got a, I got a pencil and a piece got a of paper. Mind,
1: I've got a mind. J- describe it from your mind castle. Let me know. <laughs> um. Well, there there was so I I I think the the person I wanted to maybe see most from rookie mini camp was Jameer Gibbs, but. Right. Not really there, Jeremy. Uh, can you fill us in on that?
2: Yeah. Um, so Ray Agnew, the, the assistant GM, had a press conference right before and, and basically let us know he he wasn't going to be out there practicing because he tweaked something. I think we learned ended up learning it was an ankle injury, um, which is disappointing because I think everyone wanted to just see that speed on the field. Right. Um, and so, yeah, he, he eventually showed up to the practice, just obviously not participating. So just hanging around. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. He said he talked to the media and said it's not a big deal. They're just being precautious. I'll be fine. Um, so there's no reason to to get upset or worried at this point. Uh, I will say that I've been checking the the photo galleries and all the practices since, and I haven't seen him out there yet. So it's possible he might not be there to start OTAs. Um, but again, this is all being very precautionary. I can't imagine he'll miss any significant time when training camp comes, um, if any. I, I don't imagine unless any time unless something else pops up. So it's it's disappointing. It's it's not. People are going to freak out because that's just by nature. We're Lions fans. We we tend to go worst case scenario. Just twe- but it's but. Tw-
1: it's tweaking a it's tweaking something. It's not like right. tearing it, an ACL. An ankle
2: tweak for a a running back is called like a Tuesday. That's that's just how, how it is. So I, I don't I don't know, but I'm just I'm
1: just not yeah. I'm just not getting where these concerns are coming from at all. Like, it's a completely different category, right? The Ryan? history
2: of Lions and running back injuries is where it's coming from. I guess. I'm sure.
1: I, guess. <laughs> I feel like we're internalizing something here, though. Oh, 100 percent.
2: Oh, yeah. Didn't didn't
0: Michaela Shore tears Achilles like on the first day?
2: And <laughs> something like it was that. something <laughs> like that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. It'll be OK. End. It'll be OK,
1: everybody. Don't worry about it. It didn't even hit my radar, but I mean, maybe that's because I'm just not a Lions fan or whatever. <laughs> Football in May. Not a lot of Super Bowls were right. won in May. Uh so Any, any UDF, UDFAs we could probably talk about, Jeremy? Anything well, let's, from uh Let's Ibrahim? talk about
2: the guy who, yeah, let's talk about Ibrahim, the guy who had to literally take every running back snap over the weekend. Because didn't of have enough gives home. injury, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess every day on, I should say Saturday and Sunday, because it, it is worth Gibbs did practice on Friday. That's where he suffered his. We just mm-hmm. didn't get to see him. Um yeah, so I mean, Ibrahim, like, poor guy out there. Like he he gave it his all. He I was surprised by how good a hands he had, but you could also tell by the end of that practice, he was gassed. And that's 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 of a guy who, you know, carried the football a lot at Minnesota. So um you know, i i don't I don't think there's anything necessarily notable to to say about his performance, other than, you know, kudos to him for for being able to do that for two and or what is it, about ninety minutes, two hours uh, straight. Um, it's a lot. Yeah, and then uh, we should probably talk a little bit about Dylan Drummond, the Eastern Michigan receiver who was there for a tryout. The Lions signed him today. Um, he and um I can't remember the other wide receiver undrafted tryout that was there. They both kind of popped and, and Dylan Drummond, he's about six foot one, ninety something. Um not that fast, but um he was getting a lot, it really seemed like the line secondary was, was having a lot of trouble. And so Dylan Drummond had a, a solid day and obviously earned his way onto the roster. I don't know if he has a legit shot at making the, the 53 at this point. There's the the depth at wide receiver is, is very weird now that Obviously, you're not going to have J-Mo. Obviously, you, you'll lose um, Quintus Cephas, Stanley Berryhill. Um, there, there's, there might be a spot open for like the wider feet, receiver 5 or 6 position. Yeah, I almost um, feel like
1: he's got to beat out Antoine Green for that, which, I mean, seven, you're
2: beating out a seventh rounder. It's not too yeah. hard. But and Green looked like... decent, too. He, he About halfway through the, the, the practice, he came up a little gimpy, but then he finished out practice. So mm-hmm. I think that's just, you know, it'll be an interesting battle to watch. And then the last guy... Uh, to talk about is Starling Thomas, um, the, the corner, um, he was that, that one-on-one drill, um, on, uh, the, the special teams one that we were just talking about with, uh, with Jack Campbell and Sam Laporta. he won every single rep, whether he was ball in his hands or the guy that was quote unquote tackling, um, speed, crazy speed. And, and listen, a guy like that, I know I know. Eric has been on him from the beginning. The way he's going to make the roster is through special teams. And the Lions just so happened to lose a special team or two on the defensive side of the ball, whether you're talking about CJ Moore or, or some of the linebackers they got. So I like that was a very pri- – he did everything he needed to do to start on the right foot here in Detroit and, and really give himself an opportunity mm-hmm. to make the roster. Any more notes from you, Ryan? No, I wasn't there. And <laughs> I won't
0: pretend like I was there like some people. <laughs> Who will we be talking about? Nobody in particular. Who are we talking about? That, Who could that, is, possibly
1: an old, that be is an old wound
2: about? you're trying to open, rip open. <laughs> I don't
1: know. Depending on what happened this past week, maybe it's not as old. But we do have to let you know about who's always there for us, and that's Righteous Felon, craft Jerky. Although, to be honest, I don't know how much longer this live read goes for. As long as they want to pay us. That's right. Check clears. We keep pumping jerky. Bag looking awfully empty. The righteous felon is the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions because Righteous Felon Craft Jerky and Meat Sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each 2-ounce bag of jerky has 16 and 20 grams of protein. Each stick has 8 grams. And each time we pimp these out, we are supposed to be making money off of this. And now we are being just hyper-mercenary because if it's good enough for the Lions, it's good enough for you too because they're based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, use locally sourced all-natural black Angus beef and prides themselves on superior Quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. Isn't that right, Ryan?
0: That is right. And actually, there is one thing I can report from Lions Rookie Minicamp. It's that the, the biggest takeaway from all of the newbies was how much meat was in the locker room. Like they were just floored. I mean, pause Chris. Chris, we're talking about eight grams in every meat stick, eight grams of protein. 16 to 20 in a bag. Incredible two meat. St- two meat sticks equals a bag.
1: Well, what else can be said? Well, I can tell you one more thing that can be said. We're giving you a promo code, 15% off your orders. When you go to com. use the promo code POD15 at checkout. RighteousFelon.com POD15 15%. When we come back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast schedule time talk about schedule superlatives everyone's excited about the schedule we for whatever reason will not lead with it because we got to talk minicamp but now we're going to talk schedule we'll be right back Friday Detroit POD cast. Now it's time to talk some schedule. Uh, Jeremy and I got through a little bit of this here on Thursday. Ryan, I might as well kick the ball to you right before we get into superlatives and chunking up the schedule. Uh, That is not a hurling reference. That's just how it is written here by you, Ryan's but uh, initial thoughts on the schedule that you had.
0: The the only thing I'll say is before we get into our game, because it's going to be a lot of fun is that I was stoked as soon as Chiefs, Lions, week one was confirmed. I've started to see some national
1: people push back on this. I love it. Well, well, the problem is, is I think that the NFL guy said something about the Lions deserve opening week. And that's got people's pants in a bunch.
0: Yeah. Hey, you know what? They deserve it. it. And you know why they deserve it? Because everybody nationally thought the Lions were going to roll over for the Packers after they found out that they didn't have a chance at the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And what they do shocked everybody nationally. So yeah,
1: I, I get the Chiefs have a really good home uh home schedule this year too. But you're getting a top ten offense. And like nobody wants to see a replay of the Super Bowl in week one.
0: That was and
1: that was the dumbest also, thing
0: I heard. So and it's and it's also the best time to catch the defending Super Bowl champions yeah.
1: Is yeah, well for one. the Lions it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a fun game. It's gonna be a fun yeah. game. That starts we, we have this chunked up so like I want to go through real quick before we do the superlatives kind of the the quarters of this uh, season as Ryan has kind of put it out here. So we've got weeks one to four with chiefs, Seahawks, Falcons, Packers. Are these kind of general moods of how we feel each quadrant is going to go Ryan or.
0: Um, well, yeah. So I just have it chunked up by like weeks one through four and then five through eight and nine okay. through 13. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we're going to be talking about the superlatives kind of in that regard to certain t- quarters of the schedule so yeah weeks five to eight panthers bucks ravens raiders nine to 13 chargers bears packers on thanksgiving saints that's the one where we've got uh no that's that's still four i can count and then four to 18 bears broncos vikings cowboys vikings which uh, i have a question here that i know is going to play directly to jeremy's wheelhouse we'll get to that in a second but with these quarters in mind I guess our first question to you guys is what is the most challenging stretch of the schedule? And honestly, I don't see a lot of super challenging parts of the schedule. And I feel like weeks one to four is the most challenging part of the schedule. I I feel like you start with two teams that went to the playoffs last year. One's the Bowl champion. uh, Both, both those first two teams are going to challenge you in very specific ways. The chiefs are going to challenge you, in stopping the passing game, the Seahawks are going to challenge you in stopping the run game. And I don't know at Packers is also on that first quarter and you're going to Lambo, and you still don't know at that point, what Jordan love is. So I think, you know, you, you have the layup with the Falcons, but that's, that's probably, I, I say that it's the most challenging just because these others is a really good mix. Maybe you only have one really challenging t- team in there like Ravens in the second quarter, but like, there's nothing that really, there's no like
2: really hellish stretch of the schedule. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think, I think that first chunk is, is the toughest. And, and it's maybe my only complaint about the schedule in general is that I was hoping considering how slow this team has started in the first two years that they were going to get um, a couple layups early in the season just to like get, get the ball rolling in case they're off to a slow start in case, you know, all these defensive additions, you know, it's going to take time for them to gel and all that sort of stuff. So, um, chiefs Seahawks, like they, they could very realistically go. Oh, and two. And then yeah, pack at Packers is never going to be a gimme. I'm sorry. just, it, it just won't it a, be. Is the it problem if third... they
1: start one and three?
2: It's, I mean, it's not good, but listen, they, I mean, I had them starting two and two in my 12 and five prediction. So mm-hmm. they could still very realistically go 11 and six. Like, I'm never gonna refer to a game in September or even early October as a as a must win. So if they start one and three, they start one and three. the the I think the rest of the schedule is easy enough where they can rebound. One and three is certainly possible. Um, so I, yes, I would say I look at the rest of these and if the lines aren't at least five hundred in every other quarter, then I'd be upset if they if they get five hundred here, I think that's a win, honestly.
0: So I was gonna say that that first. Uh that first chunk of games like you guys, but, uh, since you both pick that I'll, I'll go with weeks five through eight. I think that's like, if I'm not choosing that first chunk, it's that second chunk for, for a couple of reasons. One at Ravens is probably in my mind, maybe like the second or third most difficult game on the schedule. Um, and I just look at versus Panthers as like, I feel like that's going to be like a very emotional. I feel like it's going to be a, um, you know, as far as like an emotional, emotional game can get for an NFL. You know what I mean? Just because of the huge letdown that happened last year. And I also kind of like a lot of the moves that the Panthers made this, this off season. So like, I think that they're a team that has NFC South championship aspirations, but like, so do the Buccaneers and I don't know, like fill me in guys like by week, you know, by week six, it's still pretty warm down in Florida. Like, I mean, that's, that's a game where the elements could still very much, uh, you know, mm-hmm. play, play a hand in the outcome of it. So um, yeah. I, I, I mean, honestly, of those three, of those four games in there, I think Raiders Monday night football is like the easiest of them.
2: Yeah. Like that, that feels like a, I, guaranteed win. <laughs> I still don't understand why the Raiders have five primetime games. It's they're a big, it's,
1: it's, it's the same reason with the Broncos. It's a big West coast. It's a big West coast market. Like they're, they're I think some of that should be flexed. I, I know. <laughs> I think some of it should be flexed, but I'm just saying like, yeah, it's, 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 it's like, it's like an NFC East team with the Raiders. Like at yeah. some point you give them a little bit of something people want to watch it. It's a big fan base in spite of just how bad they can be. Um. So what's the most interesting part of the schedule? That's the next question I have. Uh, Ryan, we'll start with you first.
0: I think the most interesting part of the schedule is weeks 14 through 18. Um, Now I I can hear an argument for that first chunk, but that last chunk to me, you get not one, not two, but three divisional games all in, you know, five weeks time, Uh, you know, playing the Vikings twice. There are just some interesting wrinkles to this. And then obviously, a couple of Saturday games, right? Because the Vikings game is, I believe, on Christmas Eve, which is a Saturday. No, it's a, that's a Sunday. Oh, that's a Sunday. Okay. Yep. But the Bron- is the Broncos game not scheduled yet, right? In I terms think so. Of like a day. That's correct. That's yep. a TBD. That yeah. could
2: be a Saturday. That could be a Sunday.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they do have everybody's favorite discount Sunday night football, Saturday night football against the Cowboys. Yes. In Jerry's world, like that's just a that's a fascinating stretch to me because. I'll pull out my hot take a little bit later, but like, I have things and feelings about the Chicago Bears. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, but,
0: I yeah,
2: go ahead. I, I I don't think that's a bad answer, especially since two of those uh, division games are on the road. But it does include two Vikings games, which are going to be two blowouts. So uh, I can't I can't in good faith pick that one. Yeah, but the de- the debut of Hendon Hooker, Jeremy, in week eighteen. <laughs> in week All right, yeah. fair. Um, I I think I might go back to that week five to eight. The, the second Panthers Bucks Ravens Raiders, um, because I think all those teams have at least a chance to be decent um, because you're getting Monday night football at Ford field, which is the first time that's going to happen in a very long time uh, since 2018. I am very eager to see the lions fans go nuts that night. And then, yeah, it's the Panthers rematch of, of the field conditions of getting whooped on. We, we even saw in that video of a, uh, of lions fans which game do they have circled um a couple of them i think aleem and there was one other piece people one of one other player that picked up the, the panthers logos like that's the one i want and then ravens i i listen i i'm still pissed about the ravens game two years ago i have to imagine there are a couple Lions fans Lions players in that building who remember that ravens game and uh and want a little bit of revenge there as well and and it'll be a good litmus test right the nfc is kind of Peanuts compared to the AFC. So taking on one of those big Mm -hmm. AFC teams, you get the Chiefs obviously as well. Um, Should be a nice litmus test, especially if like, if they start slow, maybe this is, they start hitting their stride right around then. See if you still match up with some of those great AFC teams. I'm going to go to a segment we haven't talked about yet.
1: Nine to 13. I'm going to take like, to to go on the road against the Chargers, who I think are, could probably are good enough to be a playoff team, even if they are not, even if they don't make the playoffs sometimes just because like, like that is a very talented roster. Then you get your first look at the bears and you're getting your second look at the Packers and you got a road game on the saints. Like, but more importantly, you've gotten out of your buy. And these could be the four, the four games that really determine whether or not you worked like what it looks like down the stretch to enter the playoffs for you as the Detroit lions right? Like you'll have a look at your, at your first half of the schedule, these four games, all very winnable, but at the same time, like you, if, if you stumble too hard on this, or you stumble at another part, like suddenly that, that last four gets really tight and it gets really tight to pick up two very quick wins on the Vikings, bears, Broncos, Cowboys, but like you should be able to clean up this nine to 13. Maybe the chargers gives you a problem, but Like this is where you kind of set the tone on that. You're taking the division. Most entertaining part of the schedule for me, that's that's five to eight. Didn't we just do that one? No, I mean, important. We did. Oh, that was important. I I did entertaining in my brain. Well, why don't
2: you? Why don't you do?
0: No, no, no. I did entertaining, too. You
2: didn't say entertaining.
1: I might have. I you know what? Adequate. (laughs) <laughs> okay. That's my answer for important. My, um, my answer for entertaining then is five to eight because I love the idea of Raiders on Monday night football yeah. going into Halloween. Oh yeah. That's that. Like, I know we're all jazzed up for chiefs lions, but that, and also the first home game at Ford field since like, what was it? Sunday night football um, against the Patriots. That's right. Yeah. First home game in that long since pr- fr- prime time for the lions. That's going to be a fun one. So yeah. Anyway, importance. Now I'm sorry. I did not realize what I had done.
2: Go ahead, Jeremy. I think, I think, I think you always kind of circled the last part of your schedule is the most important. You got, like we said, three out of your, your six um, division games are, are there in the, in the final five weeks of the season, you have a Cowboys game on Saturday night football that could very well be very important for seating, whether we're talking about, you know, if we want to get pie in the sky, maybe maybe first round buys is, is potentially on the line there. Um, maybe you're just talking, you know, two, three seed versus four or five or whatever it is. Um, that's the, I mean, it's just a, it's a huge set of games right there. So hopefully the lines are in more than enough position to have a little wiggle room in those final five games. But either way, I think that those are going to be extremely important games and highly entertaining ones as well.
0: I think for a lot of the reasons you guys said that the chunk from weeks one to week four would be the most challenging is why it's the most important one to me especially Mm -hmm. for this team that under Dan Campbell has started slow in back-to-back years those first four games are uber important and and I know it's not so important for them to come out and be four and oh or three and one or something like that but it always obviously depends on how you play those games I mean if they're one and three but they look like the Minnesota Vikings from a season ago. That's gonna be scary. Um, but if they end up two and two, but they you know, play really four hard fought games, okay. I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty confident about it. I just think it's so important that they get off to a good start. Mm-hmm. But like like you said, Jeremy, in your in your season prediction, like you had them starting two and two, but they finished what, 12 and 5? I mean, they could definitely make up ground later on in the season. Right. So, but I think it's so important that they get off to a good start just because of, you know, what well, history has kind I of think, shown us. And
2: part of it is is when you have the, this high of expectations, people yes. are not going to have the patience. Right. hundred percent. So, so, yeah, you, like if you're if you come out of that anything lower than two and two, then people are going to be like, yep, we knew it. Steam's a fraud. Which is, of course, BS, but yeah, it would be nice um, to avoid that.
1: A couple real quick individual uh, superlatives, if I can. Sure. Uh, the game that you really want to watch with other Lions fans in a bar somewhere.
2: I don't. I don't ever want to watch. I, I know. The answer to that is none. Let's
1: assume you don't have to write,
2: Jeremy. <laughs> I it's still zero. Like I want to sit my favorite place to watch. Jeremy doesn't want to interact with to lions fans is a padded room by myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. I, if, if I had a night out and I was stuck at Buffalo wild wings and I was ordering $3 Miller lights, I would want to be at the bar for week, week 17 it's saturday night it's cowboys Cowboys, like i i think it would just be the most fun because i feel like you'd be able to have a good smattering of cowboys fans in that bar you know what i mean that's the last place i want to throw
1: throw some stuff at them to get them to leave when you when you're blowing their doors off yeah i that's no i do not condone that (laughs) i do I'm getting really nasty when the lions get good. I'm going to be really nasty. People have been like doing the soft, like pity on me for too long with the Lions stuff. That's why I feel like, yeah, Cowboys might be that as well. Although, although chiefs to start the year, that might not be a bad one either.
0: I would just be concerned with how quickly lions fans will lose their patience you know what That's I mean? Fair. Like That's if fair. they're, if, if they're down like 10, nothing at the end of the first quarter, I don't think I would be able to be around anybody, including Lions fans. Added
1: room. <laughs> Added room. Okay. I, uh, this one is, is sp- specifically for Jeremy, the team or game. You do not fear at all. Vikings.
2: <laughs> Vikings are frauds, man. I will scream it from the mountaintops from here until January. When they're but, three and fourteen. But Jeremy, they won 13 games last year. Frauds, frauds. Kirk frauds. Cousins. Put it put an X in your bingo square. 27th in DVOA last year. Just traded away one of their better players. Delvin Cook might be right behind him. We talked about their NFC. Garbage.
1: I was about to say we Darius Smith. Yeah. Darius Smith just got traded away too. Yeah. Yeah. And like we talked about how much else they've lost in this defense, this this free agency.
2: Man, I couldn't be less scared of a team that the Lions should have swept last year.
0: I have not seen this big of a heel turn since Bash at the Beach '96. <laughs> Jeremy turning on the Vikings fan base. How are you going to be able to even look at Reef in the eyes when we? Reef hates him on the, the Vikings too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's right. He's a Seahawks fan. Um, <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I don't know if there's an easier team on the schedule like that's maybe the saints but people like the saints like may i
1: don't know like falcons? No, the falcon the the falcons are easier the falcons are much easier
0: yeah i mean i love the fact that the lions are going to play desmond ritter three weeks into his yeah ostensibly debut season that's fair <laughs> um also who's who's
1: quarterbacking for the buccaneers is it baker mayfield
0: Yeah, he'll find a way to He'll find a way to Scoop over the Lions again No, no, no jeez, No, no, no What, you guys aren't afraid of Kyle Trask? (laughs) Um, Kyle Trask, who uh, Anthony Richardson learned a lot from, apparently Oh, boy Um, Man, so Your question, Chris, was the easiest game on the schedule? No, the
1: the team or game that you just don't fear at all No fear whatsoever
0: No fear whatsoever No fear like the t-shirt Um, I'll be honest, no fear against the Raiders. I already mentioned that, but like that Monday night football game, it just, it it feels like I I'm so geeked for that game just because it's a home game and it's a primetime game. And it's what this fan base has been wanting for so long. Yep. Garoppolo is a straight downgrade from Derek Carr.
1: I feel confident in saying that, like, I understand Carr struggled last year. Garoppolo is a downgrade from Derek Carr. Dude, but anybody's a downgrade when Josh McDaniels is your head coach. Yeah. The only, the only thing I might fear about that is the fact that like he's now gotten a second year to
2: figure it out. But like, no, no, no. It's the, it's the Michael Mayer versus Sam Laporta game. (laughs) Just duking it out
1: midfield. That's right. (laughs) All right. Um, we got two more here. I hate to bust a list cast when we're like 50 minutes into a show, but. And I'm not going to play the list cast music, but uh, rank the prime time games, including Thanksgiving.
2: Oh, it was pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. OK, go for it. I'll see if I have any disagreements. Thanksgiving is bottom. I play the Packers all the time. I think divisional matchups on it. Thanksgiving are kind of boring. Um, three is, is Raiders on Monday Night Football. While I agree with everything you just said. Well, um, hold on, four
0: because we're we're including Thanksgiving, so they yeah. have five, right?
2: Yeah, Cowboys, Cowboys oh, Thanksgiving. Oh, the you're a right. Packers game. I'm sorry, I mean, you're right. I'm missing one. Packers Thursday night is five. Packers Thanksgiving is four. Okay, all right, that mm-hmm. makes a lot more sense now. Um, Raiders is three Monday night football. Exciting home environment, all that sort of stuff. But the the actual matchup of the game, you're meh. putting Cowboys above Raiders. Yeah. What do you? Uh, that's like I said before. That could be a. Battle for the the one or two tier in the NFC, with with two weeks to go. That's a huge game. Mm-hmm. If the Lions are everyone, every everything we think they are, and the Cowboys are good, boom. Yeah, and then so Chiefs weeks, is number one. Chiefs number one. Okay. I don't need to explain it.
0: Ryan, Jeremy just said something that like literally hasn't happened in my lifetime, which is the Cowboys and the. Lions playing for like the top spots in the NFC playoff picture. Hell yeah. Um, I I think
1: the Cowboys are a team I might not fear this year. If I'm being completely honest, that's bold. Come on. Mike McCarthy just took over the reins of offensive power again,
0: Uh, man. I don't know. Like the NFC just isn't good in general. So I don't, I don't know if there's anybody that really strikes fear in my heart, but the Cowboys are Lions Still have something to prove against the Cowboys. That that game last year sucked. I hated it so mm. much for a variety of different reasons. But like, yeah, I'm really glad that they're going to get a second crack at it, and they're going to get a crack at it at like a very very important time. That's the cool thing about the schedule is that like they have important cool games that are like littered all throughout. Mm. Like it's not it's not it's especially balanced. stacked and yeah in any spot. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't have any qualms with Jeremy's rankings. I think that they're correct. I, they're I right. would yeah. I would I would probably. I'd
1: flip-flop Raiders and Cowboys in mine, but it's about the same for me.
0: Maybe in terms of atmosphere. Like, yeah. just because I, I, I'm I really excited to see what Ford Field is going to be like for Monday Night Football. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's just its rankings is just kind of the, the prompt was just rank them. If, yeah. yeah. If, if, no, if I were any, a Lions any fan. Personal criteria.
2: If I were a Lions fan, locally based, looking to buy a ticket, that is the one game I'm mm-hmm. trying desperately to go to. Yeah. Um, and then finally, how do the Lions
1: fare against NFC North? We are not doing a full schedule prediction, but just division, pre- division prediction, Jeremy. We already have two wins here from sweeping the Vikings.
2: Yeah, I I don't know why, but I think they're going to split the other two teams. So they'll go four and two, which is, I understand is a step back from going five and one this past year but I, I do think the Packers are going to be better than most people are giving them credit for. They are, a, they're still a very good defensive football team and they can run the ball relatively well. So I, I don't think they're going to take as big of a step back as, as most people think they are. Obviously I, I'm, I, I, I meant I said everything of that without even mentioning Jordan love. And it's not that I think he's immaterial to the Packers success, but I think um, I don't think he's going to necessarily weigh them down that much. And then the bears, I just I hate playing in Soldier Field, man. Only bad things happen in Soldier Field. You're catching them It's your one cold game. You're maybe by then the Bears have some of their their footing. Um, I wish we could have gotten the Bears games out of the way early in the season while they still are figuring things out. But um, they're they're a team that's on the rise. I, I think I think people are hyping them up a little bit too much, especially in Chicago. But I think I think they could steal one from Detroit, probably that one in, in Soldier Field. So I'll go four him, too.
0: Yeah, I think if there's any – and it's weird because we talk about how tough that first part of the schedule is. Um, if I could change one game, I would want the Bears week 14 to move up to where the Falcons are week three and then yeah. play the Falcons later in the season. Sure. Like, for that reason you mentioned, I, I hate when the Lions play outside at Soldier Field late in the season. Yeah. It, it's, almost, it's almost worse than, like, going to Lambeau, and I know that's hyperbole, but, like <laughs> – I just never have a good feeling about it. Yeah. Um, I think that they're going to go five and one in the division. I think the only loss is going to be to the bears.
2: I mean, the I bears five and- the bears very came extremely close to beating the lions last year. Right. Yeah. That, that game, they were, they were down what 14 in the fourth quarter of that game or something yeah. like that.
1: I think five and one, but I'm, I'm, I'm not giving the bears anything that that one loss will probably come from the Packers. Oh,
0: this is I a perfect time nothing. perfect time for me to give my little spicy take. I want to know how you guys feel about me saying this. I know it goes against every creed and religion. I'm worried that the Bears might Heresy. pinch that window for the Lions that they have right Won't now. Won't
1: give it to them. Won't give it to them.
0: I, I think that the Bears are like... I think that the bears are ahead of where the lions were last year.
2: The only okay, in the, terms of their rebuild, the only way that is true is if Justin Fields balls out, right? Okay, that's that's but, the one thing that the lions didn't have is a young quarterback on a rookie contract.
0: If Justin Fields balls out by the end of this season, they're, they're ahead of where the lions were at the
2: start of this off season. <sighs> Probably maybe The the problem to me is like, I think, Last year's Lions roster is better than this year's Bears roster for the most part. Like top to bottom, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Just without the I, I think their offense way better. Their defense, I would say, is on par. Like I understand the Bears spent a lot on a couple linebackers. Um, they have a couple young guys in the secondary, but that defensive front is not very good. I know they they drafted a couple defensive tackles, but I don't didn't particularly like their choices. I think that defensive line is very bad, and I think they're gonna be I mean, the Lions were bad on defense last year, too, but there was promise towards the end of the season. I don't know if the the Bears are going to have that promise on the defensive side. That's it.
1: I think we've broken down the schedule as much as we need to. When is football now? When's football now? Nobody can see you do that. Nobody (laughs) on the podcast could see you do that. That That's that's why I
2: said something and then you you talked over me. Yeah, Okay. Well, you're taking too long. (laughs)
0: I had fun, guys. I don't know about you, but I had, a- <laughs> I had fun. Can't wait to I do this fun. again next week. What? Talk more about the schedule. Why not? Come up with more superlatives. Sure, which game? Me. Which game would you most want to wear this Boss
2: Bailey jersey to? <laughs> How about you guys? Man up and give your your schedule predictions. Give me give me a give me a record prediction.
0: Uh, check back next week for mine. Boom thought for sure he was going to say 0-0 oh, in oh, 18 that's probably oh, what he's oh, going to right, right. Bi- t- t- tie with the bye week
1: right okay I see where you're going with that I like that I like that a lot uh, let's get out of here for myself for Jeremy Reisman for Ryan Matthews this has been PODcast and we will see you star and yes I will give a prediction next week you-, you also let Ryan off the hook I know he'll give it next week too see you star side <laughs> Pride to Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and meat sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, and each stick has eight grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you, too. Righteous Felon is based in West Chester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's promo code POD15 at RighteousFelon.com